329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. This game's not soft. It's not meant for soft people. Um, it's, a, it's a violent game. It's meant to be played with an edge. The tougher and, and more executed people win, and so that's just how it is. And it's it's different. It's 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 changing game, but I think that's part of social media, you know, getting a hold of it and, and people thinking that this game is something that it's not. It's it's still football. It's going to be physical. It's going to be an edgy game, a chippy game, and that's that's what matters. Hey, what can you say, man? Two playoff wins at two different organizations. One of them hadn't had a playoff win whenever he won for how long? Well, he has more playoff wins than they do now going back to the mid-90s. There you go. that's the only one that they've had in a, in a long time. Yeah. Um, impressive. He was super clean, made some really nice throws. Uh, that, was, that was domination. They looked good, and... You know, that bad mojo or whatever it was with Philly coming in, that continued, Woo, didn't it? buddy. That was um, some textbook tackling right there from the Philadelphia Eagles last night, was it not? Yeah. They're going to show that on an instructional video, uh, a not, uh, a how how not to tackle. But, Wh- no, Bake, that was – I felt like it was one of the the best games of Baker's career when you factor in it being an NFL playoff game, man. And considering I, the spotlight, Yeah, right? yeah, and – we talked yesterday about the rib injury, the ankle injury, and I'm sure that he's not 100%, but he looked pretty good last night moving around, did he not? Looked Scrambling, making some plays with his feet. He, he, uh, If he ever lost the confidence in Cleveland, he's got it back, man. He's in his element right now, and good, God, so much fun to watch. It is. So much fun to watch. Uh, it's good to see him smiling over there on the sideline after the, after the game or as it's closing down, walking up and down. Uh, getting fist bumps and handshakes from everyone. Uh, Baker, he's like he—he's an entertaining guy. Whenever he's got it going, there's there's no one more fun to watch. That's why it's so hard to watch him whenever he's struggling and not feeling well, and team isn't doing doing good. It just it looks like a different person. And um, man, he made some really nice throws. That was a good all-around game by Tampa Bay, considering the moment. Uh, you know, I was a little worried about their defense, but their defense played really Looked good. Looked like Philly was going to get back in that game, but they stopped the two-point conversion, and mm-hmm. Baker put the exclamation mark with a long touchdown pass there in the end for the third TD. So he was just he was just on last night, and he was even on with several drop passes by the Bucks wide receivers. You know, the numbers end up looking pretty good, three touchdowns and, th- what, I think 337 yards, but – should have been north of 400 yards yeah. with some of those drops that he had. It's just – for a month of December, for us, that was kind of hard football-wise in terms of results. Like, the only great result that happened was, unless you're a fan of another NFL playoff team like the Chiefs that won, Texas losing in the semifinal game. That was one of the very few positive results that we've had here recently. But Baker making it uh, pass round one, pass the wild card round – Throw that into the good things that have happened here recently. Yeah. Hell of a game. Now, what was going on between um, some of the offensive players and Jalen Hurts on the sideline? 
is... Looks like a little miscommunication was going on there, huh? Uh, mi- well, maybe miscommunication Amongst on the field. It looked like the communication was going just as they planned it on the sideline. I don't know what Goddard was saying to, to uh, Jalen Hurts, but it didn't look good. And Hurts did his... You know, I can imagine that whenever things aren't going well and you're frustrated and you want answers and you want some, like, I, I don't know. Hertz looks like he could be very annoying in that situation as he looks like he's very dismissive of everyone and just kind of – Probably one to two word answers. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it was that was a good game. That was an entertaining game. It was fun, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's that's it was very very enjoyable for OU fans to sit back and watch that game tonight. Everyone was rooting Baker on. It was it was really cool. Uh, this is a nice one from Mark from Enid on the text line. Muleshoe was in the house affecting the Eagles tackling. That's good. <laughs> Jeff from OKC says heard a cool stat earlier. OU has more postseason wins in AT and T Stadium than the Dallas Cowboys. Well, well, it's probably not even that close, not even really. Close when you're con- counting all the Big 12 championship stuff. 405, poor Jalen Hurts. He is getting so much hate today when it really wasn't his fault last night. Yeah. Defense didn't help him out. Really, no one from the Eagles played well. Defense it felt didn't like. help him out. Couldn't protect later on. Um, it just kind of it, it all unfolded in a bad way for him. Now, here's the thing. Baker is going to play at Detroit. Are we torn here? Like Baker- I'm not torn. Torn about what? I mean, look, I was happy for the Detroit Lions the other night. Don't get me wrong. And I loved watching them this year. But torn? I'm not torn about anything. The only thing I'm torn about is how much I want the Bucks to win by on Sunday afternoon. Are you kidding me? Well, here's the thing, though. Let's go. Come on, Bake. NFC Championship game is what I'm rooting for. The well, I guess you never know, but it doesn't feel like the Bucks are a Super Bowl type of team. But you never know when you get hot. Um, I feel like Detroit could go win a Super Bowl, perhaps. Yeah, now, really. I, I mean, I say that, but honestly, I feel like everyone's playing for second uh, place, including the 49ers. Uh, I think the Ravens are just. I think they are far and away the best team in the NFL right now. But that could all change, man. Whenever it's one and done, you never know. Yeah, well, here, here's the thing. Like, I, I like the Lions story, too. They're a lot of fun. If they end up winning the Super Bowl, I'll be happy to see it. But let's uh, let's all remember the joy that we got from last night and how much fun that was, all right? it's okay. Baker Mayfield is objective number one in the uh, NFL playoffs, at least for me. Okay. So that's that's where my that's loyalties uh, will lie on this uh, upcoming weekend. That's fair. I can't argue with that. Let me. I like the matchups though. Um, Tampa and Detroit going to be fun. Green Bay going to San Francisco, and then uh, Houston with the big win. Now they get to go see Baltimore. Uh, not going to be at a dome in that one. And then Kansas City going to Buffalo. Um, I don't know. Who knows in that football game? I uh, I hate to give you credit, just like you hate to give me credit, mm-hmm. but you did call it yesterday, so I'll give it to you. Boy, they showed no OU stuff during the broadcast last night, did they? No, I didn't see any. I did not see – I mean, they, they sure showed uh, old Muleshoe down there on the sidelines – but in terms of, hey, these two guys play at the University of Oklahoma. Here are their 
Stats combined. How many Big 12 championships they won, trips to New York, Heisman runner-up, Heisman winner, all that. No, uh uh-uh. If you had no idea, if you've never watched a game of college football, you probably would have never have known last night that those two played at the same institution two years apart. It's interesting with uh, Lincoln Riley. There's no way that that was like an organic thing. It it had to be, you need some good publicity in a hurry. Uh, what can you beg somebody to get yeah. you get on the sideline for that football? Baker, game? please! <laughs> I'm in a hole, man. I can't get a recruit. I'm sucking in the transfer portal. I'm going to the Big Ten. I almost had to settle for Will Howard, and I couldn't even get him. Please let me on the sideline to get some TV time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Muleshoe got more TV time than uh, than OU did last night on we the gotta, broadcast. We got to remind everyone that I coach these guys. They're they're starting to forget. Yeah, but probably going to have another one, number one overall draft pick at quarterback in Caleb Williams as he's declared. So, boy, Gerald McCoy almost got canceled by OU fans last night. When oh, what the, happened? I well, missed that. <laughs> there's a photo out of Gerald McCoy hugging uh, hugging Lincoln Riley last night there on the oh. sidelines. Because you know GK was there supporting the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, right. I think he's in the clear now. I think maybe a few are uh, still upset with him, but that was uh, that was a risky move by Gerald McCoy. Right. When he's there rep- representing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he's got to be the he's got to be diplomatic down there on the sideline. It's just how it's got to be. That's got to be. 405, when LR went to claim his field pass, Baker left it under the name TBOW. <laughs> that would be epic if that happened. And Miss Aura Norman says ABC said LR coached both Baker and Jalen at OU. That was it. There you go. 405, I'm a Niners fan, but I'm a Sooners fan first. Go Bake. Or go Bucks, excuse me. Okay. How Same about thing that? at this point. Slim Brady says I'll cheer for Baker all the way unless he plays Kansas City. What? Kansas City, that's where that's where it stops? Man, that's interesting. Emily Mayfield, greater than sign, Taylor Swift. <laughs> I said it. I like that. Uh, LaDonna from Lubbock says, I forgive Gerald McCoy because he's such a great guy with a great smile. There you go. Look One at of the most likable guys out How about there. that? Very nice. But just good. don't do it again. That was fine. You, uh, you did it once, GK. Just don't let – just don't let OU fans let you. Don't let them see you do it again on national TV. You think Lincoln as well the second time around? Now that they're in the second round of the playoffs, you think Lincoln's going to be carrying Baker's bag into the stadium when they get off the bus there, where the cameras are are watching the walk in, so he can continue to get the publicity? Yeah, I mean he may even may even borrow some of uh, Caleb Williams. Um, fingernail paints <laughs> to paint Tampa Bay Bucks logo on on himself before the game next week. That's good. He's the new um what's the guy's name from Michigan that was at every everyone's football game? Connor Stallions. He's, he's, he's the, the new, new Connor Stallions now. Yeah, he's going to be at every Baker Mayfield game. 405 lived in Michigan for 20 years, watched the Lions suck relentlessly even though still got to root for Baker. Go Bucks. Yeah, you know whenever they've sucked for so long and now they're good. It almost feels like a part of you has died, you know, like the, the part that knew the lions were going to be horrible. You got to say goodbye to that piece of you. Yeah. I, hey, I think that that's going to be, I think that's going to be a great football game. Um, 
it's not going to be easy to operate. That's going to be a tough place to play. Um, but I mean, it's it's not a. I mean, D- Detroit's a good team, and I would favor them to win the game. But that's not a. It's not a foregone conclusion by no. any stretch. Now, I, I think there's always pressure in the NFL playoffs, don't get me wrong, but in terms of the team that has the most pressure, the Lions caught a massive break, man. They just won their first uh, playoff game in a long, long time, but now they're back at home in the two-seed lost, and they're playing a Tampa Bay team that kind of limped in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like It kind of feels like Baker's playing with, with house money right now, and – I kind of I kind of like that spot for him in this team. I do too. It's you know we, we've seen it at times before in the in the playoffs in the NFL. All you need is a chip in a chair. You get in and happen to make a couple of plays whenever you need them. You get a win. All of a sudden you get hot. Who knows what can happen? I mean it's not out of the realm of possibility at all to go beat Detroit. Now um, San Francisco is going to be really tough. But, you know, you may find yourself Green Bay coming off of – they looked amazing against Dallas. That's a totally different animal against the, the 49ers. But, I mean, there's it's it's not out of the Baker realm of playing a home NFC championship game? Is that what you're saying? Against Calling the seventh seed. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Against the seventh uh, seed. Baker Mayfield in the Super Bowl. That's, that's what we need for content. Yeah, here moving forward, that'd be great. Gonna be fun. I like these matchups moving forward. All right, I'm sure uh, Bob Stoops liked it, and we'll talk to him coming up next. Yeah, I can't wait to hear from Coach. All right, quick timeout. Coach Stoops joins us next. Stay tuned. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Chaos returns to Norman this spring, and Oklahoma baseball season tickets are on sale now. Seats start at $90 and include access to all 28 home games, including matchups with Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Baylor, Texas, and more. Join Oklahoma baseball at Eldale Mitchell Park all season long for as little as 90 bucks. That come along with sickle cell every day. I'm most grateful that people are willing to go out there and take their time, their blood, and give me new life. Because of you, I'm allowed to see my son grow up. Giving equals living. Give blood, replenish the supply. Learn more at hhs.gov slash giveblood. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, what a night last night in Tampa. Baker Mayfield, three touchdown passes, 377 yards. Baker in the Bucks, moving on to the next round to take on the Lions in Detroit. And a guy that I'm sure was uh, watching it last night and enjoying it like the rest of us, Coach Bob Stoops joins us now, brought to you by Modelo. What did you think about that one last night, Coach? That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, just really, uh, again, I'm not surprised, uh, just excited, you know, for – the Bucks and for Baker, and uh, you know he's playing great. It's it's really cool to see, really really fun, and you know hopefully they could keep it going. Yeah, you never know in the NFL playoffs. You get in and you get hot at the right time. You never know what may happen. And uh, I know he, you know, kind of banged up there to end the end of the regular season, and was, still was a little bit last night, but. It looks like after a performance like that, that might be something that lights their fire, and who knows what may happen. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, 
you know, their confidence has to be really high and should be. And, uh, yeah, like you said, they, they, you know, it doesn't, you know, you, you start to figure it out and know what you got. It's pretty, you know, pretty good, you know, at the right time, it's, it's working well for them. So yeah, I'm, uh, just excited to see him go forward from here. So many OU fans were watching last night. He's a fan favorite, I think, for a lot of reasons, but probably the passion is a, is a big reason. What was what was it like coaching him for, for three years at OU? Oh, he's the best. I mean, he's a great team guy. Like you said, he's, you know, for a lot of different reasons, he's the most popular guy in the locker room, which tells you, you know, there's, with all the swagger and all, there's a level of humility there that, you know, that everybody recognizes. and uh, But, yeah, he's just a big-time leader, and he was a joy to coach. Uh, running around, uh, giving everybody energy, slapping coaches on the rear end when they're not expecting it, <laughs> which gives you a big jolt. <laughs> it's like, oh, geez. And it uh, didn't matter who you were. He might surprise me. He might surprise whoever. But, uh it was always great. No, he was he was a joy to coach. No, no doubt about it. Uh, what was that like? Whenever he left Texas Tech and and came to Oklahoma, walked on there. Um, I, how did all that unfold? Like, when did you become aware of it? Like, how did that whole situation play out? Because I mean, it's it's not like I know everyone says well Baker was a tra- it's not like your typical like the way we see the transfer portal now that's not how that situation unfolded no it was different then uh you know he knew first he was going to have to sit out back in those days those rules were that way but he decided in his own head he was going to transfer here to OU Right after Trevor Knight was the MVP of the Sugar Bowl, beating, meeting, uh, <laughs> you know, beating Alabama, so tells you his level of confidence and uh, and a little bit of how much he wanted to be here, you know. So uh, I kept hearing it, like Coach Gundy and I, and you know, we're and uh, you know some of the other coaches are talking. It's like I keep hearing. Baker Mayfield's transferring to Oklahoma. And, of course, we all knew of him because of watching his tape and watching him perform and play so well. But nobody had heard from him individually. Like, we're hearing these rumors, but nobody could verify it. And then, sure enough, we're in our our first team meeting after getting back, you know, the semester starting, and we have our team meeting up in the – press box just to make sure everybody's back and everybody knows the schedule for the semester. This is what it looks like. And after we were done, this guy walks up to me and introduces himself to coach. I'm Baker Mayfield. I looked at him and I go, you sure as hell are. <laughs> and uh, he said, I want to, I want to be on the team. I said, look, I said, I'm glad you're here. You'll have every opportunity everybody else has. I said, I, I've watched you play. You're, ex, you know, you're a great player, and even as a young guy, and I just reassured him that you know, I'll give him every chance, you know, to be the guy, and that's all he wanted. 
Bob Stoops is our guest, brought to you by Modelo. Man, the last time, or since we talked to you last, there's been a ton of college football news on the coaching side, none bigger than Nick Saban retiring or announcing it on Wednesday. I, I was shocked when that announcement came out. What did you initially think when you first heard the news that Nick Saban was retiring in Alabama? Yeah, I can't say that I was shocked, only because of, obviously, my circumstances. I, I had obviously done it you know, well ahead of him at a younger age, but there's a certain point that enough's enough or you've done all you can. And, uh, you know, you, you get becomes a point that you want to enjoy your own life and have your own time, you know, and, uh, and I would imagine that's a lot of what it was for him, you know, just that, uh, the time demands anymore are different and a lot. And, you know, at some point you want to be able to, spend more time with your families, do, you know, do some things your own and on your own. And I know coach is a really a good golfer and uh, not that that's why he's doing it, but I'm just saying at some point you want to be able to do some things that you just want to do and not have to answer to the job. You know, that's as much as anything. You ever had any uh, interesting stories or crossovers or been at the same event as uh, Coach Saban? Any good stories with him? You mean other than my Uncle Bob being in the talk <laughs> of the town and the place being held up with a shotgun and they didn't even know because they were talking football? It's the best yeah. story. It's so good. Oh, it's the best story, but the least surprising story I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, I've had a lot of, you know, we got together as staffs uh, a couple uh, times uh, where – I think the first time we, you know, we, we got together just to share ideas a couple of different times and uh, was always good. Always, uh, I've always, again, been very easy to be around Coach Saban. And, and, uh, and again, he, we go back to, like I said, everybody knows about, goes all the way back to he knew my father well. And my Uncle Bob I'm named after. And, you know, they were, I can remember going to watch my brother Mark play his senior year at Iowa. Short, short period of time before my dad passed away. And Coach Saban and his wife Terry had my family over after the game. It was a rainy game, Michigan State, Iowa. And he was at Michigan State and he had everybody over to his house to dry off and feed them before everybody drove back. A, four or five hour drive back to uh, Youngstown. So, so anyway, we just uh, go back a long way. Like I said, he goes way back with my dad, my uncle, and been very good, been a, been a good friend to all of us for a long time. I know you story that became official since the last time we talked is Zach Alley being hired. And I didn't know much about him before all of this happened, but he, when he talks, he, he sounds like Brent. He's He's been around Brent at, at Clemson before. Do you, do you know much about Zach Alley and, and the newest hire on the defensive side? I really don't. Um, I was surprised, as maybe a lot of people were. I, Brent knows what he's doing, so I'm all for it, Any anything that he's doing. And, uh, you know, if the guy talks and acts like Brent, then that's a good thing. <laughs> um, you know, uh, when I took the job here, I brought my brother Mike and Brent with me, who I knew would run the defense just how I did because they were 
they came up with me, you know, at Kansas State and under me. So I knew what I was getting there, and, and it was really good for a long time. I get here lately in the last years, maybe defense hadn't been what it always has been, but we had a lot of great years. We shut out at the time for the national championship, the number one scoring offense in the NCAA history and for the national championship in 2000. So point being, I, I hired those guys because I knew they were going to run the defense how I would run it and it would alleviate some pressure on me uh, being the head coach because I knew they were going to do it just like I would do it. So I'm, I'm sure there's a comfort level that Brent has with him coming in that he's going to do it how he would do it and maybe can free up Brent a little bit more. Uh, it's, you know, it's pretty wild going into the SEC this season, so you've got a lot of change. Um, you're going to have a new quarterback, new young quarterback, and you got new offensive coordinators, new defensive coordinator, but it really feels like you've maintained that continuity. And even though you got two new coordinators on each side of the ball, it doesn't feel like a whole lot is going to change, which has to be critical, I would think, going into you know as big of a season as this upcoming one is. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, Joe John and Seth Latrell on offense together. Uh, they could keep the parts of what's been really good the last couple of years that players are familiar with. They can tinker with it, add to it, whatever, but everything doesn't have to be a wholesale change. And then the same thing defensively. Uh, you know, Zach coming in uh, understands what Brent wants, how he coaches, you know, and uh, terminology doesn't have to be any different. I'm sure, I'm sure he's been doing things just – how where he picked up from Brent. So uh, so he, so with all that being said, that I, I I would think it would be a really smooth, easy transition. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to watch this all take place over the over the spring and see how everything gets implemented. Coach, I love those uh, promos by the way during the NFL playoffs oh, games about the right. upcoming season. Yeah, I, right. I like that quite. I anything new with the the Renegades that you can share? Yeah, no, nothing uh, really new. Guys are. Just on get coaching staff, getting hired and onboarding. I've got really all the same guys from a year ago. And uh, that's about it. And uh, we'll, players will start coming in late February for practice. Then our first game will be against the uh, Birmingham team, who Skip Holtz coaches. They've won the USFL the last two years. Our first will be the first game, us against them, the um, – March 30th uh, at Choctaw Stadium. It's going to be awesome. You ought to give Coach Saban a call and say you got an analyst position open for him <laughs> if he wants it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know that he'd go for that. Maybe but, uh, not. Maybe not. <laughs> Coach, we appreciate you stopping by. Look forward to hearing from you uh, next week. All right, guys. Great to be with you. Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. That's awesome. Um, you know what's funny is – do you think you would have ever been in the locker room when you played at OU and just being like, hey, Mike Stoops, hey, Brent Venables, and just kind of slap him right there and just kind of go like, the, the thought of that maybe even is uh, a little bit cringy for you, right? But at the same time, the thought of Baker Mayfield doing that in the locker room is not not surprising at all. Well, not surprising. I've told you before, like, the the – when I finally kind of got over the hump with Coach Mike Stoops is when I started yelling at back at him, you know, whenever he was 
screaming at me or screaming at someone else, telling him to get off the field, get out of the way, stuff like that. So whenever he finally kind of loosened up. Yeah, it was. It really was. All right, let's hit a quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. Hour number one rolls on next. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Are you frustrated with rising insurance costs or confused about your insurance coverage? At Rightway Insurance, each one of their clients is given a dedicated team of experts that work with you to address all of your insurance concerns. They are an independent insurance company that offers personal and business coverage. Rightway Insurance, 405-607-60. They just park and come in. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Good stuff as always from Coach Bob Stoops. Appreciate him joining us every single t- Tuesday. That segment is brought to you by Modelo. Fun talking about Baker and the uh, the connection that he has with Nick Saban. I, I was trying to find some more over-under win totals for next year in college football. I looked last week, and all I could find was Colorado. Which, by the way, I told you last week, early last week, hey, they have CU's over-under at six. I looked again today, and somehow it's at four and a half. So I don't know what happened, but... Whenever you said six, everyone said... yeah. Damn, I better get on that right away. Get on the under. So CU's at four and a half. They did have Alabama's listed. They only had Colorado and Alabama's listed. Now... When we're used to seeing an Alabama over-under for a season, it's 11.5 or 11, right there. 9.5 for next season. Man, that's – 9.5. Well, that's interesting. This is hard to say, but I wonder what it would have been if Saban was still the coach because – Next year is going to be by it, far the hardest schedule that they've had. It wouldn't be listed today. That's that's for sure. It now, wouldn't have been listed until later on. We went through this last week, but just to give everyone a fresher, a refresher. Open Western Kentucky, then South Florida, third game on the road at Wisconsin, then home against Georgia, at Vandy, home against South Carolina, at Tennessee home against Missouri, at LSU, Mercer, at Oklahoma, Auburn. Jeez. It's crazy. They pretty much play. That's the toughest schedule in recent memory for them, outside as long of, as I can remember. Outside of Texas, I think that's all of the highest-ranked SEC teams from this year. Maybe Kentucky is missing on there, but. It's the most difficult schedule that Saban probably has would have had the whole time he's been there. So like it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been a typical year for them either. I mean, it, you probably the their over under probably would have been a game lower. Um I I say I would say like if it's nine and a half, I'd I think I'd take the under. You, yeah, I mean, with as much uncertainty as there is, and which is crazy to say, like that—that's—that's that's a number that won't get you in the college football playoff next year, a twelve-team playoff. Yeah, and homeboy uh, will be in maybe some trouble going into year two if they don't even make a twelve-team playoff. But I, I just found that today, and, and I found that interesting. But it kind of goes with a text that we got uh, last hour during locked in, and I'm trying to find it exactly. 
And it's basically asking the similarities between 2024 OU and 2007 Alabama when Nick Saban took over. Mm-hmm. And what are some similarities there and some reasons that OU could go on maybe a similar run? I, I don't even know if a similar run, but a run like Alabama did when Nick Saban got there. Yeah. What are some similarities or some differences? Well, I think that some of the similarities are you're going to – got a big power, traditional power that – at that time, Alabama had been down harder than Oklahoma had been down. But it hadn't been as long between championships because they won one in, what, 92? 92, yep. So, what, you're you're talking 15, uh, 15 years. years between championships. We're, we're starting to knock on the door 25. So, uh, but you got a powerhouse there. Um, and I, I think that the – Kind of the landscape landscape of the SEC was was not in the the greatest light. I mean, Florida had it going at that point. Georgia had you know they had kind of been Georgia for a long time. Kind Ten of wins, same. but not going to win the biggest games of the year. Sure. That's right. Uh, Tennessee down. Like so, I think that right, the the landscape was kind of ripe for Alabama to bounce back and. I think right now the landscape for Oklahoma, I mean, it's different than that situation, but I still think the landscape is ripe for Oklahoma to bounce back. Now, to me, the biggest difference is, like, first of all, the run that Alabama went on under Saban will not happen again. Not in, the, not in this era, yeah, for sure. Under the current structure, and th- and they're not the playoff is never going to shrink. It it would only expand in the right. future. So that's probably going to be and be even more so at some point. I'm really I'm not necessarily even talking about the playoff. I'm talking about the transfer portal and the NIL stuff. Um, you know, Saban. What he did he win what just one championship under the. Kind of the NIL portal. Twenty twenty was his last. Uh, twenty nineteen really was LSU. Twenty eighteen was Clemson. Twenty seventeen was his. Right? Yeah. yeah. So twenty twenty was just kind of right whenever the portal was starting to happen. Right. So, um, like I don't think anyone's going to go on that run under the current structure. Now, that structure is going to change. I don't know when, and I don't know what the final. Uh, like what it's finally going to look like, but um, I think you've got. I think there's some similarities there, and I think for Oklahoma, like we just need to worry about how can we get to that first championship like Saban did, and really, you're kind of seeing a lot of the same things happen. Um, you know, the we had recruited well in the past. But it, I think everyone can agree that the recruiting is different now. Of course it it's is. It's the best yeah. it's been in. You, you don't even have to really pay attention to recruiting all that much. You can see it with the rankings, defensive players, you're getting all that, for sure. So I think that's the most critical thing. Now, the other thing Saban did at Alabama was facilities. And I don't know what their facilities were like pre-2007. I don't think they were ever bad. Um, but 
you know, there's some things in the works here that I don't know what the timeline is on some of that stuff. It looks like all that is kind of back burner right now until the NIL and, and all of that stuff kind of gets figured out. And we need to really decide where we need to focus our attention. But like those things are in the works. And I think they can maybe pull the string on those whenever they need to. But getting to that that first championship, there I think there's a lot of similarities there. Well, and that but that's the key, right? Is getting that first championship because have things been better over the past three recruiting cycles here? Yes, but things would change. I gotta think they would change significantly when you get to that next national championship, right? I mean, even in recruiting, it just puts you on a different level than even where you're at now with defensive recruiting, especially when you have the SEC to sell as well. So everything changes there, and I think the key from that discussion is Nick Saban didn't just win one at Alabama, and then they kind of flip-flop back with Florida for a few years. No, they they overtook Florida, man. And like Alabama overtaking Florida kind of ultimately led to Urban Meyer walking away from Florida, you know, shortly after they beat him in the 2009 championship. Some teams have won a title, and they didn't do much with it after that. Auburn yeah. in 2010, LSU in 2019, hell, uh, Florida State when they won it in 20, uh, 2013. But nobody's done a better job of winning that first championship, parlaying that in recruiting, uh, donor money, facilities, all that, and that's, that's what OU would clearly have to do. Yeah. But the situation would be different if OU can just win that next one. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree, and – you know, I think perhaps right now is – I think it's a great time actually for um, Oklahoma. I mean, the way things have, have unfolded, whenever you look at it, I mean, a 12-team playoff, I, I would say that there's no one that appears to be unbeatable at the time. Georgia is still the team with the best roster – they didn't get a, a seat at the table last year. Um, but who knows what, what's moving forward with Michigan. They may have a new head coach. Washington's definitely going to have a new coach. Alabama's got a new coach. Um, outside of that, I mean, whenever you start to look look at the landscape, it feels pretty even outside of what Georgia's got. And maybe you throw Michigan in there, but if they've got a new head coach – I mean, that kind of throws a wrinkle there for Michigan, too. So I would say, like, the timing and the landscape, considering how you've recruited and who your quarterback is at the moment, you got a five star best quarterback in his class. I I would say it's ripe right now. Feels like it's ripe. We would obviously both agree that this program, this team, they've got big strides to make to, to, to get in there, a lot of work to do so. But the point is, is what the rest of the landscape looks like right now. It feels like it's ripe when Nick Saban just retired at Alabama. That's, I think that's really kind of the point. But, yeah. he, but that's the deal, man. If we're right about that, and it is ripe with the SEC move, dude, go take advantage of it, man. Because yeah. if OU doesn't go take advantage of it, somebody else is going to. And I yeah. don't think that that somebody else would be Texas, but – Someone else is going to take advantage of it, just like Michigan finally took advantage of it this year. So be the one that improves, gets a lot better, takes advantage of the opportunity, and you can put yourself in a position to do something special here in the next, you know, five years or if not longer. Yeah, I'm just looking at their uh, Alabama schedule again, 
they play four 10-win football teams that ten won double-digit wins this year, and then Tennessee that won nine. Do they have the most difficult schedule in the SEC next year? I, I know don't, we don't have every SEC schedule pulled up in front of us, but I have seen some think that OU has the second toughest schedule in the SEC next year. I mean, like they they got to go to or they play Georgia at Tennessee at LSU at Oklahoma. Like they they could be in contention for the toughest schedule next year. We play everyone the same except we play Texas instead of Tennessee, and they get Georgia. No, and they get Georgia, and they get Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can – if you want to trade out Texas and Tennessee, whatever, but um, that on the road at Wisconsin, I mean, that looks like an easy game. Like, that's that game looks totally different now with a different head coach, right? All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. Is getting bullied. As we discuss how to improve their mental health, someone is being harassed on social media. As we wonder why they're skipping school, someone is crying themselves to sleep. Knowing the signs is the best way to prevent bullying. Please just leave me alone. Learn the signs at sandyhookpromise.org. Cavis Kurt bringing you this hour of The Rush. A reminder, if you have an emergency repair from all the coal that's happened uh, over the weekend, early this week, if you have an emergency, 24 hours a day, Cavins is on the call. 405-573-3048. That's 405-573-3048. Cavins Group bringing you this hour of The Rush. Talking about Alabama has the toughest schedule in the SEC next year, year one post Saban. D in Choctaw says Florida has the toughest. Florida, Florida plays Miami, uh, Miami at home, A&M at home, at Mississippi State, UCF in the non-con, at Tennessee, Kentucky at home, Georgia and Jacksonville, at Texas, LSU at home, Ole Miss at home, at Florida State. Jeez, they play 11 Power 5 opponents next year? Yes. They do that every year, don't they? They play Miami in the non-con, UCF in the non-con, and Florida State in the non-con. Yeah. Hey, it was, we'll figure out where they rank in the Sunshine State next year. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's the toughest. I, it's hard. To, it, it's hard to say, honestly. Um, it, it's hard to say with with how all of that uh, unfolds. But who's OU's toughest game next year? Just off the top of your head, with all this recent Alabama stuff. Probably, well, I mean, if I knew more about who's going to play quarterback for him, I'd say maybe at LSU, but probably still Alabama I, at home. I'm actually still saying LSU. Um, they they made some nice hires on the defensive side. I think they'll be better. And they'll have a decent offense next year. But mm-hmm. really my main point is the way that OU's played on the road here the past couple of years, unfortunately, yeah. I'll have to go with a, a road game. It's and been total. Crap. It's going to be a hell of an environment when they go down there. I mean, we all know that. So yeah. I'm, I'm I'm sticking with LSU as the toughest next year. Uh, I I think any of the road games are going to be hard. At Auburn, 
at Ole Miss, at Missouri, at LSU. Um, LSU, 10-win team. Missouri, 10-win team. Ole Miss, 10-win team. Texas, 10-win team. Tennessee was a nine-win team. And at Auburn, Auburn's going to be better than they were this year. Yes, and they, they were. They got their you-know-what together by the end of last year. So, um, yeah. And that's early on in the – and I think for any of OU's true SEC road games next year, like that's a big game for Auburn to kind of put themselves mm-hmm. in a nice spot, you know, going into the SEC slate. And it's OU coming to town. Um, but especially with OU going to Missouri, you you know Mizzou wants that one. We we've seen uh, everything going on on social media. I mean, if this is the thing, this is what I'm saying about SEC scheduling is no one has it easy. Uh, even Auburn has a four week stretch where they play Oklahoma, Georgia, Missouri, and Kentucky, and three of those are on the road. Georgia, Missouri, and Kentucky, three road games in a row. I mean, everyone is difficult and then they end the season at Alabama. All right, hour number two the rush coming up next. Stay tuned. Here we go.